Look at 2 Chronicles this morning, 2 Chronicles chapter number 16, 2 Chronicles chapter number 16, and as always, the music has been uh, outstanding. We look forward to what God has uh, for us from the Word of God this morning, 2 Chronicles uh, chapter number 16. I'm going to read uh, beginning in verse number 7, and I'll read down through verse number 13. Second Chronicles 16, and we'll begin reading in verse number 7. And at that time, Hanana the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubans a huge host, with very many chariots and horsemen, yet... Because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. The Nasa was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house, for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. And behold, the acts of Asa, first and last, lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Asa, in the thirty and ninth year of this reign, of his reign, was diseased in his feet. Until his disease was exceeding great, yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. In verse 13, and Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. Here we have the story of King Asa. The conclusion of his life. Asa was a king of Israel, and uh, we find a, a definite uh, progression here. We find some things that I, I, will be, I believe will be a help to us as Christians. Uh, but with this text in mind, I want to preach on this subject this morning, self-reliance or self-destruction. Self-reliance or self-destruction. Many Christians uh, say, I'm just depending on me. It's that self-reliance, and little do they know that they are self-destructing by being self-reliant. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray this morning that you'll take the time remaining. May uh, the Word of God be real to us. May it speak to us. May the Spirit of God uh, work in each and every heart this morning. I pray that uh, we'll be reminded this morning of some very important things uh, and the fact that we need to depend completely on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, king Asa was a king who started out his reign correctly. In Second Chronicles 14, in verse 2 and 3, we're reminded, And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. God speaks and says, Asa did that which is right by God's point of view. Often we can say we did right by our view or somebody else's view, but when God says uh, things were done right, then they were done right. This is how Asa started, verse 3, for he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves. He did that which was right and he broke down the strange gods. Uh, he did not have an interest in, in worshiping the false gods. And not only did he not worship them, he broke them down. <clears throat> he had a good start to his reign. His finish was different than his start, which is true of a lot of Christians. Their finish is not the same 
as their start. See, as he progressed in his life, in his reign, he began to rely on himself instead of relying on God. And when he did this, it cost him his life. It cost him dearly. And the same can be said in the life of so many Christians. They start right, but they do not finish right. Uh, what happens? They begin to uh, allow themselves to uh, depend on themselves more than they depend on God. And friend, we have a God who we can depend on. We have a God who we can trust. We have a God who we can turn to in any circumstance, in any situation. It is wise for us to depend on our God. And God is a good God. He is a gracious God. He is a God that we can count on. But many Christians face the same danger that Asa faced and succumbed to. Uh, Self-reliance, or should I say self-destruction. <clears throat> Let me just go right ahead and say it this morning. If you depend on you instead of you depending on God, you are literally destroying yourself. If you become self-reliant, rather than depending on God for leadership, the result is not going to turn out the way you want it to turn out, as good as it can turn out, and certainly in a much, much more difficult way uh, than it would turn out if we depended completely on God. Self-reliant, or should we say self destructive. Uh, let's look at several things from this passage of Scripture, and I'm going to ask you four questions this morning from our text that will help us determine if we're self-reliant, if we are bound to be self-destructive. Sad to say, a lot of Christians just destroy themselves because they don't depend on God. Uh, sad to say, a lot of Christians fall by the wayside because they begin to depend on their own strength, their own understanding, and they become self-reliant. But look with me in verse number 8, the end of verse number 8. Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. Uh, what was this preacher, what was this seer speaking of? He was referring to 2 Chronicles chapter number 14, and the account in verses 9 through 12. And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots and came unto Mereshah. Then Asa went out against him and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephath at Mereshah. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee and in thy name we go against this multitude." O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. Verse 12, so the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. This great army had gathered itself against Asa and God's people. You heard the prayer of Asa. God, you could, you could, you could take care of this, and it's in your power to do so. And God heard the prayer of Asa. And he destroyed that enemy. And in verse number 8, he is reminded, because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. And that brings me to the first question this morning. Have you forgotten what God has done for you? If this, I, this mindset of self-reliance 
or self-destruction, depending on ourself. Uh, Asa had forgotten what God had done for him. Asa had decided to depend on the strength of man to win his battles. Now he's being reminded, have you forgotten what God has done for you? This happens so many times in the life of a Christian. We don't set out to forget what God has done for us. We don't set out to put in the recesses of our mind the miracles that God has done for us, but we forget that God, it is God who has brought us to where we are. We forget that it was God who saved us out of the life He saved us out of. We forget forget it was God in His mercy that gave us the opportunity for salvation. We forget it was God that time after time when we, we had no one else to turn to, we said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't intervene. And we forget that it was God who picked us up and set us in a safe place when we couldn't set ourselves in a safe place. We forget what God has done for us. <clears throat> we may not face an army as Asa and God's people in this story face, but we certainly have faced obstacles that we could not overcome, an enemy we could not defeat, and yet we prayed a prayer much similar, very similar to that which Asa prayed. God, I know you can do it. God, I know you have the power to do it. Would you just intervene on our behalf? And God in His love, in His mercy, in His graciousness, in His kindness, just took care of whatever it was that we needed uh, his intervention on. And we forget, how is it that we can stand and we can say, well, you know what, I think I'll uh, take this one myself, God. I, I think I'll make this decision on my own. I think I've got this one uh, in hand, God. How is it that we can get to a place, as Asa did, and we don't need God anymore because we got us? We don't need God's wisdom because we have our wisdom. We don't need God in His knowledge and His foresight because we have our experience. How is it we can get self-reliant and just depend on us? Well, very simply, I believe as we follow in the pattern of King Asa, he forgot what God had done for him. Christian is a dangerous place in our life when we forget that it's God who saved us. Uh, Oh, we, we, get, we, 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 we get upset when things go on in our nation, this sense of entitlement these generations today have, that we deserve the freedom we have, but we haven't fought anything for it. But yet we turn around as a Christian and think we deserve the blessings of God, and we've done nothing to deserve it. We deserve our salvation. Well, no, we don't. Have we forgotten what God has done for us? Well, it's a dangerous thing to forget that it's God who's intervened. It's God in the past. Don't forget how you got where you are. God. God. It's God who has delivered you. It's God. None of us, none of us would be where we are today if God over and over and over again had not stepped in on our behalf. What a foolish thought to think that we don't need God anymore because we forget, we forget that we've gotten this far, that we've overcome this much, that we've escaped the things we've escaped because we had a God who intervened. We said, God, if you don't intervene, I know it's in your power and I need your help. I need you to step in. And we forget that it is God who intervened and got us where we are. This idea of self-reliance. Or self-destruction. 
depending on our own knowledge, our own understanding, our own wisdom. Have you forgotten what God has done for you? The second question this morning is found in verse number 10. We have a rebuke in verse number 9. And then in verse number 10, then Asa was wroth with the seer. The seer, the prophet, the seer, the one who came as the voice of God in the life of King Asa. Uh, We find that he was upset with the rebuke. He was upset with what this man had said. And my second question is this, are you rejecting counsel? Are you rejecting counsel? Oh, Christian, don't ever get to the place where we don't need counsel. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? You're talking about man's opinion? Oh, no, the counsel we need is is the words of God. Uh, The greatest counsel a Christian can have is the book that you hold in your lap this morning. It is the mind of God. It is the wisdom of God. Say, well, if I could only ask God and get His opinion, what are you talking about? Uh, He's recorded uh, through history and on the pages of Scripture His opinion, if you will, His thoughts, His truth the knowledge that we need. We just have to hear the counsel of God and take the counsel of God. But it's a dangerous thing and it is a very revealing thing in the life of a Christian when we push aside the Word of God and we say, I think I've got this one figured out. Or we know what God has said and we think, well, this might be the exception for that or, or I don't have to uh, give in to this at this point. And we reject the counsel of the Word of God. We reject the counsel and sometimes we even get angry at it. Sometimes we even get upset at it. Sometimes we disagree with it so much and we, we act as Asa did and Asa was wroth and threw the man of God, threw the seer in prison because he did not like the message that he gave. And friend, we should heed the counsel of God. Many Christians don't open the Word of God because they just simply don't like what the Bible's going to tell them. Uh, they know that it's going to contradict. And friend, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, you cannot open this book without God's holy Word shedding light on the, your own, in, into your own unholy life. It doesn't matter what you've left in your past. It doesn't matter uh, how long you've been saved. We are still flesh. We are still saved. Sinners. And this holy book reminds us how much we need God, how much we, are, we, we, we fall in the error of our ways, how much our understanding is wrong in you and I. That's why we have a responsibility, be in the Word of God every day, because you don't know when you're going to need that counsel. You don't know when you're going to have to rely upon that. But let me ask you this morning, is this idea of being self-reliant, no longer depending on God, are you rejecting counsel? Rejecting the counsel of the Word of God, but rejecting the counsel of a pastor. You say, uh, well, I don't, I don't necessarily... De- Let me tell you the kind of counsel I'm talking about. I'm t- this morning I'm giving you counsel. Tonight I'll give you counsel. Wednesday night I'll give you counsel. The counsel is, thus saith the Lord. This is what the Word of God has said. This is how we can apply this to our life. And this is how we ought to live as children of God. This is, what we ought, this is how God says for us to be productive and for us to be blessed. And 
This is the, the destruction we need to stay away from. But a lot of times, Christians will say, I don't want to hear what the pastor has to say. I'm not going to listen to what the, what the, the counsel of the Word of God. I'm not going to listen to what is preached. And friend, I'm just going to be completely honest with you this morning. I think you know me well enough to know what I'm telling you is how I really feel and what I believe. I'm going to walk to this pulpit and preach what I feel that God has put on my heart to preach. And what you do with it, that's between you and God. You are deciding Am I going to heed the counsel that I have been given, or am I going to reject the counsel that God has given for my life? A lot of times, when people get upset at a Bible preaching preacher, it's not the preacher they're mad at, it's the counsel. I mean, how can you not like me? How can you not get along with me? It's, it's, somebody can love me on one day, but they get away from God. And is it, he's the problem. I'm not the problem. It's the council that's the problem. It's the Word of God that becomes, we become contrary with. I'm just trying to help us determine this morning, are we self-reliant? Well, what are we doing with the counsel that God sends our way? What are we doing with the counsel of the Word of God? The third question this morning as we move throughout the message is found in verse number 12. And Asa, in his thirty and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. Third question I'll ask you is this. Are you relying on man's wisdom instead of God's? He had a disease that he was smitten with. And instead of turning to God, the Bible says he turned to the physicians. Now, I am glad and I am thankful that we have physicians. And this is not to say you shouldn't go to a physician. But I hope if you've got a sickness, we've had many among us throughout the years that has had a serious sickness and an illness in we prayed and said, God, you've got to intervene, but we still wanted them to go to the doctor. We still wanted them to take their medicine. But understand the context there. Here, Asa said, I will just go to the physicians. I'm not interested in turning to God for my help. He had understood what it was like to face a great obstacle, to face a great enemy and say, God, you can take care of this. Would you just intervene and take care of this? And God defeated the enemy and preserved Asa. He knew what that was like. Now God had sent counsel to him and in that counsel rebuked him and he had the opportunity to realize the error of his ways, to realize the mistake that he has made. And friend, let's be honest, all of us get to a place we depend too much on our opinion. We depend too much on our, on our strength, too much on our wisdom and our ability, and not enough on God. But aren't you thankful that every once in a while, the counsel of the Word of God comes along and reminds us how much higher God's ways are than our ways, how much higher God's thoughts are than our thoughts. And that's an opportunity for us to say, oh God, I've been depending too much on myself. Oh God, I've been depending too much on my wisdom. Oh God, I have not depended enough on you. This was the opportunity that Asa had and God, God smote him with a disease. 
Instead of letting God get his attention, he said, I'll not turn to God. I'll go to the best physicians. I'll go to the greatest wisdom of man. And you and I are faced with the same decision. Are we going to depend on man's wisdom? Or are we going to depend on God's wisdom? Because when God's wisdom contradicts man's wisdom, I think it would be safe for us to just stay with God and depend on His wisdom. But the question this morning is, are you relying on man's wisdom? Or are you depending on God? Hey, I, I'm fine. You getting all the wisdom that you can. I'm fine. Go and, and talk, talk to the quote unquote experts, if you will. But friend, that does not, that does not, that does not mean we should depend on them and not on God. We got to be looking to God and His wisdom, looking to God and His instruction, looking to God for His counsel. Are we depending on the man's wisdom or are we relying on God's? We now come to question number four. And don't get excited because I'm going to be here for a little bit. With the idea of self-reliance or self-destruction. I'll ask you the question and then we'll look at verse number nine. The question is this, do you trust God with your whole heart? Do you trust God with every part of you? The end of verse 8, yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. Verse 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. That word perfect there means complete or whole. And what Ace is being reminded of is that God is searching. He's searching for, for those whose whole heart, their heart is perfect. Their heart is completely trusting on Him. Boy, that's a sobering question. You and I must be willing to ask of ourselves and answer honestly. Are we willing to completely trust God in every area of our life? I would dare say that everybody in here, if we gave an opportunity to testify, and if you were completely honest and would be transparent with God this morning, with your, with, with each, we could be that way with each other this morning, we would all talk about the areas where we do trust God. And we have trusted God. And oh, I trust God with this, and I trust God with this. But friend, this morning, what I think God wants us to take note of is not all of the areas that we trust Him in, but what about that one area that you have yet to release to Him? What about that one part of your life where you just can't seem to let go and say, God is, I know God is in complete control and I know that I can trust Him. Hey, it's wonderful. And don't stop trusting Him in those areas that you do trust Him. But what about with your whole heart, your complete heart if you're honest this morning is there any part of your life where you just have not let go he said the complete heart for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro we all like to do this don't we We all like to push out to the front 
the area is that we trust God. Well, I'm trusting God. Lord has blessed me with, with good health. It's body by Taco Bell, but it's, 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 good, it's, good, it's good health. For the most part, I, I have lived a healthy life. I can tell you this morning, with complete sincerity, I trust God with my health. It's easy to do. Because for the most part, He's given me good health. Don't look at me so piously. We all do the same thing. There's some areas it's just easy for us to trust God. There's some areas that we've, God's already dealt with us and, okay, I'm going to trust God. But what about the areas that we don't want to talk about? The area that you argue with God over and over. What about the part of your life that you just can't seem to let go and say, I'm going to give God complete control of this. I'm going to give God complete trust. You know what I'm talking about. The part of your life where you have to help God. The part of your life where you've got to rationalize with Him about the way things need to be and things should not have been this way. You know, I'm talking about your whole heart, your complete heart. I, this morning, I don't want us to focus on the 99% of our heart that we have released to Him in faith and trust. I want us to talk about that little sliver that's still left, that 1% that we have not trusted with Him. He's, the Bible tells us that He looks for those with a perfect or a complete heart. Fully trusting on Him. Look at the Scriptures. What a fascinating verse. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's looking. Who is it that's going to depend completely on me? Who is it that's going to trust me in every area? We say it often as Christians, don't we? Don't we? If it's not of faith, it is sin. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So whenever I exercise faith, that is how I please Him. That is the only way I can please Him. And God is searching through all of mankind. Who is it that will live completely by faith? Who is it that will depend on me for 100% of all of the decisions, all their choices, their whole heart is mine? God's man comes to Asa and says, you did rely on him. But he says, who? He's looking for the, th th the one throughout the whole earth. To, why is that? To show himself strong. God wants to meet your needs. That area of your life that you, you need a miracle in, that you won't release to God, He wants to meet your need. He wants to provide. How, 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 let's just be honest this morning. How arrogant is it for the creation to think that the Creator needs help with our situation? But He is eager. He has a desire to make himself strong on behalf of those who have that perfect heart, that complete heart towards him.
God is looking to provide for those who will trust him with every part. This morning, as we think of self-reliance or the self-destruction, do you trust God with everything or just the easy things? Do you trust God with every part of your life? But I want to see something in here that I think ought to really get our attention if our attention isn't gotten by now. Verse number 8, Asa is reminded that you did in the past. Depend, rely on the Lord and God delivered. We see it there in verse number 8. Then he's reminded what we've already spent some time on. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. In other words, Asa, you didn't fall into that category. You're no longer depending on him like you did. Then he goes on and says, Herein thou hast done foolishly. And friend, let me remind all of us, it is foolish to not depend on God. It is foolish to not just to, to, to turn everything over to the creator of all things. It is foolish to be afraid of the future. When we're talking about a God who knows no time, He's in the past, the present, and the future. How foolish for us to hold back part of our life in faith and not just give it to Him. It's foolish. He says, because thou hast done foolishly, don't miss this, therefore... From henceforth, thou shalt have wars. Asa, you could have finished out your reign in peace. But now, from henceforth, you're going to fight wars. As I thought about this subject, this message, this truth just shone out to me. Because we don't depend completely on Him. We can talk all day long about all the areas we do trust Him. But because we don't put everything on Him, and we would all testify, it's foolish. But look at what Asa had to face. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Here's the application. Because we hold back some faith from God, because we don't give Him every part of our life, control of every thought that we have, and just with our whole heart depend on Him, we have to fight battles we never would have had to fight if we had just depended on God. We have to fight wars from henceforth that we never would have had to fight if we had just depended on God in that situation. How many times, how many testimonies could be given from Christians who said, because I took matters into my own hands, I am still dealing with the consequences of those decisions. Because I didn't turn it all over to God. I'm fighting wars that I never would have had to fight. I'm fighting battles that I never would have had to battle simply because I would not trust Him. I would not depend on Him. I would not completely put everything on Him. Can, can I just help us this morning? There are Christians, you face depression because you won't put everything on God. You have battles that you don't have to fight, you wouldn't have to face if you just depended on Him. Oh, we depend on ourselves and our own 
understanding and our own logic too much. We just need to trust Him. So many Christians, you have scars. You have thoughts and memories that you battle. Because you go back to a place where you didn't depend on Him in that one area. Sometimes Christians marry the wrong person because they didn't think God could provide them their spouse. Sometimes Christians lose their children to the world because they transfer a job, they transfer out of the will of God, not depending on God to take care of their family. How many times do Christians struggle with regret and mistakes because they're fighting battles they didn't have to fight? You think about King Asa, every time they had to go to war, that war was a result of just not depending on God. God, don't miss, don't miss the truth. God did not leave Asa. God didn't snuff him out because of his lack of faith. God did not disregard him. And certainly, God still provided and blessed. And we know the end of the story. God gave him that disease and there was still time for him to turn his heart back to God. And just, God could have stepped in just as easily. But every time he had to draw his sword again for the rest of his life, his mind had to go back that I'm fighting this battle because I did not rely on God. And how many Christians could be using their energy instead of fighting a battle that they never had to fight? If they just depended on God, they could be using that energy for something else. How many Christians are still paying a debt that they never would have had to pay? Not because we were we 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 rebelled per se against God, but simply because we were not willing to trust Him with everything and we have to fight wars that we never would have fought if we had just trusted in him I conclude with this if you find yourself self-reliant this morning confess it we all get to the point But God is such a good God. He blesses us. He provides for us. And in this mind of ours, in our life, we begin to think, well, this this is because of me. This is because I deserve this. No, it was because we have a good God. And we get the blessings of God by depending on God. We get the blessings of God by having faith in God. He rewards faith. If, we, if this morning, you, you, if you're honest with yourself and say, I'm depending, the reason why I'm frustrated is I've been depending on myself. 
The reason why I'm not growing in my Christian life is because I've been depending on myself. Or you've been rejecting the counsel of Scripture and, and, and you know there's some things that the Lord has been dealing with, but you're just depending on your own understanding. Confess it. Don't wait till God has to take more extreme measures. Confess it. Asa had the opportunity when he was confronted, but yet he, instead of responding, thank you God for sending somebody to get my attention, he took the one that God sent and threw him in, in jail. And how many times does God send a message? How many times do we open the Scripture and the Holy Spirit of God smite our heart? We have an opportunity to confess and correct. And then this morning my challenge is to determine that you'll not rely on yourself. That you'll rely on God. I think, I don't think there's a Christian in the room this morning that could say, I don't depend on God in any way. But where you depend on God, continue to depend on God. But where we failed and where we need to be warned is because we become self-reliant and there's areas of our life that we are going to hold on to. Why don't we all determine that we're just going to depend on God for everything in every situation? Determine not to fall into the self-reliant trap. And then, finally, the challenge is just to rely on God. Depend on God. Don't we say God is incapable of failure? I tell you, as a preacher, I love to preach that. I love to preach that you can depend on God. God will never let you down. God will never make a mistake. Those truths you and I can hold to. We can say amen to them. We can sing songs about them. But can you say it with your complete heart? Well, I, I just don't understand in this area. You don't have to understand to trust God. How many times have you, have you, I've done this, maybe you haven't done this. I, on the occasion when I do have to go see a doctor, they say it's this and this and this. They scribble something on a paper and say, go, go to the pharmacy, let them give you that medicine, and then you take it and you'll get all, all better. Maybe I'm a fool. I just take them at their word. I figure there's things they know that I don't know. Uh, that there's, there's terms I, don't, I can't even say them, much less spell them. But I go, well, you know what happens? I trust, I put my faith. But why is it when we have a God who created us, a God who sent His Son to pay our sin debt, He says, just trust me, just depend on me. And we say, I've got to understand. That's not a complete heart. There is consequences. We have to fight battles. There's Christians, you fight bitterness. The very reason you fight bitterness in so many cases is not because you haven't forgiven somebody, although that does apply. It's because you have yet to say, God, you know more about that than I do. 
Why fight a battle you don't have to fight? Why fight a war that you don't have to fight? Too many Christians fall right into this. If we just had a complete heart, and because we don't, okay, you're going to fight wars that you never would have had to fight. Why don't we decide that we're not going to fight a war that's unnecessary? Let's just let God take control. As a pastor this morning, as your pastor, and as Christians this morning, I think it would be a wonderful thing if we were all honest during the close of this service. And we'd say, Holy Spirit of God, would you shine into my life? Would you shine into my heart where I am not trusting God? Would you show me where I'm still depending on me and not Him? There's a lot of areas we could throw out this morning, but I believe the Holy Spirit is more than capable of communicating to you and to me the area of our life that we've yet to put complete reliance on Him. Father, I pray.